Righto, guys. I just want to say a big thank you to everyone that reached out and shared episode one of the BYO Chair podcast on their socials. I didn't expect to get anywhere near as many downloads and as many positive text messages, DMs, phone calls and whatnot. So thank you so much to everyone that reached out. I want to give a big shout out to our sponsors, Valley Meal Prep. Their fresh and delicious ready-made meals get dropped at my front door every Sunday and it's possible for them to drop it at your place as well. Their meals are all natural and preservative free. Their professional chefs use locally sourced ingredients and their menu changes weekly for those that like variety. Check them out on Instagram at Valley Meal Prep. Click the link in their bio and go straight to their website and use the code BYO10 for 10% off at checkout. I want to tell you guys about my friend named Daniel. He's a loving family man. He loves to put his meat in other people's mouths. And let me tell you, it's the best you've ever had. His high-quality Melbourne-made beef jerky is low in sugar, high in protein, and has no artificial ingredients. They come in original smoky barbecue, garlic, chilli for all the people out there that love the spice, teriyaki, and salt and vinegar. And because you're a BYO Chair podcast listener, you can get yourself 10% off at checkout by using the code BYO10. Follow them on Instagram at 3099jerky and click the link in their bio to be directed straight to their website. Don't forget to share, follow, like and subscribe to the BYO Chair podcast on all social media platforms. This podcast series is dedicated to my son, Riot. Riot, thank you for being so resilient, so strong and so happy throughout my spinal cord injury. Your mother and I love you so very much. Now we've got Johnny B here, and um, yeah, he's he's listened. He's brought his own chair. Yeah, he knows the drill. Yeah, no, I done the right thing. Brought my chair, didn't fall on the floor, so we're, we're all good. <laughs> That's right. Thanks for coming on, mate. Um, you've been a good support for me. Just reaching out, um, you know, when you can see that I'm having issues with nerve pain, and just just sort of letting me know that things do get a bit easier. So I've got to say, massive thank you for that. That's that's very important to me, and you know, having people stick by you through hard times is is pretty pretty tough. Yeah. And this is the first time we've met, so yeah, yeah, yeah. just goes to show that you're a uh, you're a buddy ripper bloke, and I can tell that in you already. Oh, look, mate, if you know, try and help our fellow. Cripples about, you know what I mean. That's probably the wrong word to say it, but I don't. Chairsman. Yeah, fellow, fellow chairsman out. Um, there's very real. There's real lack of real world support um, for us. There's plenty of agencies and you know mental health stuff and that. But sometimes you just need that little bit of real world support, and that's why I think the podcast is a fantastic idea that you know fellow wheelchair men can have a chat and whatever and try and, ha- you know, get a bit of real-world advice from each other. Yeah, yeah, a bit of lived experience. Yeah, a bit of lived experience. Like, I'm far from an expert, you know. There's blokes that have been in their chairs for 30-ish years or 40 years and they're still wheeling along. Um, yeah. But I'm five years deep in my journey and I'm, if I can help you out, you know, with a little bit of early years advice, I will. I can yep. help you from my experience. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that a lot. I appreciate that a lot. So you said five years you've been in your chair. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's what's that five years looked like? Um, first couple of years were absolutely shit house. Yep. Um, drugs and getting re, reused to life and, yep. you know, getting getting used to the new purpose in life and new routines, the biggest thing from a very active, non-stop lifestyle. You're stuck at home and 
we had the C word happen and everything else. So yeah, it was. Look, my accident was in two thousand eighteen, late two thousand eighteen. So um, you know, I sort of two thousand nineteen was just me readjusting to life, and as you know, it was quite difficult at the start, and you know, just not having purpose there anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, trying to deal with in my case legal issues and and uh the things that came from my accident yeah um they were really draining and you know that's it's really difficult but as time goes on it gets easier in the first two years just the cocktail of drugs just really really wrecked me so yeah you know do you know what you were taking can you remember i was on pregablin i was on baclofen for my spasticity and the between the two of them um i've got scattered memories of the first two years like just off me face and you don't realize at the time and he actually come off these drugs yeah and and look there was valid reasoning behind taking that medication i did need it um but the thing is you just get put in a place and into a state that you're functioning but you're not yourself yeah and and you don't realize how bad you actually were until you get off it like i can I can guarantee you it's cost me friendships, it's cost me, you know, um, time uh, with, you know, with friends like, you know, depression and everything else just gets you down. You want to isolate, you don't want to see people, you don't want to talk. And these are all things with the drugs. Like as I sort of come off them further down the track, you sort of um, realise and, you know, what was I sitting at home for? You know, there's no reasoning behind it, you know, just want to isolate, isolate. And I think... Look, a little bit of it was probably depression as well, but yeah. you know, I think we're in we're entitled to you know have a difficult time to start off. You know what I mean? It's not easy for anyone. No, it's definitely not. And uh, we sort of yeah, but we move on, and we sort of after I got off me or reduced me meds and all of that, I got a baclofen pump put in, which delivers medication direct to me spinal cord to uh, calm the spasticity down. So you're taking. Uh, you know, a very minute dose that's going directly from the pump to your spine compared to taking oral medication where it's, you know, doping out your whole body sort of thing. And That's and interesting. I've never even heard of yeah, that. Yeah, no, no. I've got like a little pump implant in your body. I'll just on my side oh, there. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that gives you medication in your spine to relax spasticity. So, How often does that need to be sort of dosed up um, with medication? We get that refilled um, depending on the dosage, like – you got other health issues it'll flare up your spasticity um but generally every four to six months so a couple of times a year yeah right um they'll refill it and yeah basically it's got an eight year life on the battery so Far uh, out. after eight years um yeah they'll rip the pump out bang new one in and off you go again but the the pump was a life changer and yep. you know um i know a few guys that i was in rehab in, with that you know, uh, unfortunately have the issues with spasticity that I do and being unfunded or, you know, not covered by work cover or TAC, um, trying to go through the NDIS system, you know, it's a very, very expensive procedure to have it done. Yeah. And it's it's hard for those guys, you know what I mean? They, they battle, they've got no other choice but to keep battling on with the oral medication or just living with the spasticity. So, yeah, yeah it's hard for them. Has your spasticity ever <clears throat> caused you an injury? Should, yes. yeah 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 i've thrown it's you know i get i try and stand up in my wheelchair like with no you know without any any you know warning i'll try and stand up in my chair and it flip me backwards and head button you know Jeez. head button the concrete a couple of times and yeah um one night sitting out in the garage having a smoke before bed 
Yeah, probably not the best thing. But, you know, we was going in the garage. Had a, we said it was cold night. I said, I have a smoke before bed. I was sitting at me little table and, um, yeah, just copped a spasm. I've ended up with a table on top of me, a half-crushed dog and, um, you know, a bang on me head just out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and that's why I was taking a back off and to stop stuff like that happening. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just drug you out. Yeah, okay, yeah. Seems like everything um, everything comes at a cost, you oh, know, when it comes yeah. to medication. I take the, the pre-gublin for nerve pain and, you know, this last week, yeah. even when you've reached out to me, like I've, I've never experienced pain like it. I yeah. was at the dinner table with my partner and my son and I just couldn't contain myself anymore. I just yeah. bawled my eyes out and yeah. just, you know, it's it's the gift that keeps giving this spinal cord injury thing, isn't it? Oh, it is, it is. And, and um, you know, it's... In early days, I know medically they say it takes you a year to settle. I reckon in reality it takes you two or three years to settle for your spinal cord to settle. Um, yep. I'm not sure about yourself, but I damaged my spine in a couple of spots. Okay. And, Is that um, spinal cord or spine? Oh, spinal cord, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yep. So that damaged in a few spots. Yep. And, um, you know, I was my legs were completely dead, no sensation, no nothing. And after a couple of years... Of, Blowing myself with off with the air blower in the shed one day, and I'm like, "Did I just feel that on my legs? Just yeah. out of just out of nowhere like that." So I get very dull sensation intermittently, but it's just weird, you know what I mean? Like things like that come up, and that was you know nearly three years after the accident. So little dribs and drabs happen, and like nerve pain's just horrible. I I had a big day yesterday, and I, I was in bed last night. Same thing, you know. I'm five years on and. I just had firecrackers up and down my legs last night and, you know, it fucks up your – sorry. Um, no, you're welcome to yeah, swear, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it wrecks your sleep, yeah. um, you know. No, it, it fucks hard. everything, mate. It, it, it can ruin your day. Yeah. You know, like I've got my son's first birthday coming up and yeah. honestly I'm that's that's what I'm fucking shit scared yeah. of. You know, we've got family coming over from other side, the other side of the country and yeah. stuff like that and, you know, I want my time to be – quality with yeah, them yeah and i'm just petrified that well you know what's, what's going to happen what's going to happen with my body if it if it decides oh, no today i'm just going to fuck with you and just yeah. start it, it feels like oh, you're getting electrocuted yeah yeah 100 percent. like electrocuted firecrackers i don't know everyone's got slightly different yes um, for sure. yeah different different things that the way they well i suppose feel nerve pain sort of thing um, yeah but, yeah, it, it freaks you out. And, like, you know, that's that's what I mean. Like, the first couple of years, like, I was paranoid about shitting myself, you know. Yeah. Because um, it takes you a bit of time to get your bowels under control. I don't know whether um, – how you how you roll, but, like, I, I, mine's medicated, controlled by medication. So, yep. you know, if you don't get a good empty out in the morning, well, you've got that whole day of being in fear of fucking want to shit myself. And that brings a lot of social anxiety in the situation. I bet it does, mate. And, and you know, like, I've learned to deal with that as – as time goes on, but simple things like that all feed into that negative sort of mindset and negative hole that you get stuck in when you first get out because it's the fear of the unknown. What's my body going to do, you know? Yeah. Um, what's going to happen? And and you find ways of working through this and sort of, yeah, getting past. And at the end of the day, the way I look at it now is if it happens, it happens. It is what it is. Yeah, people around me, if they don't like it, the, I don't go there and shit myself on purpose, you know what I mean? Yeah. If people don't like it, well, on your bike, son, and off you go. Yeah, fuck off around the yeah. corner. Yeah, it's... Uh, but your true friends, they wouldn't give a shit, no. mate. They'd, they'd wipe your ass for No, you. that's it, that's it. You know, we had a grand final barbie last... Was it last weekend? Or the weekend yep. just before? Yeah. And we're there and, you know, the boys are having a drink and 
I mean, best mates, like, let's have a Bundy like the old days. And I'm like, well, oh, yeah, we're asking for trouble. He's like, don't worry about it. You shit yourself or throw on the back lawn and hose you down. You know what I mean? And that's the sort of mates you need around you. 100%. You know? You know just They're good the, for your soul, good for your recovery. Oh, 100%. You know, and you know how good it was sitting there having a drink with them like we used to. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It just, just and you're not, you're, not, you're not worried about how you're going to. Nah. No, nah. yeah, good on you, know, you, man. Good on you. Mrs. Family, everyone's accepting. Everyone knows the way it is, and um, you sort of you, you surround yourself with the right people. Yeah, you surround yourself with the right people after your accident. Um, it's hard. It's hard at the start. It's a you know getting a new foot in life. You learn your real friends. You learn people that aren't your real friends. You know what I mean? So, do you, would you? Do you think that you've lost friends since your injury? Oh, shit, yes, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I can um, relate to that for sure. Um, some people yeah. disappear into the woodwork and some people come yeah. out of it, don't they? Yeah, and then you've got the ones that try and linger as a sympathy, want to be a sympathy friend and it's like, fuck off, you know what I mean? Yeah, don't um, need you, mate. Don't need you. Um, I, in my field of work, I was pretty handy to have as a mate, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. You need something done, yeah, we'll sort you out or I'll go and bang a few tiles up for you in your kitchen and all that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah. And people, you've, you've got a lot of mates when you're handy. Yeah. Um, and then after, people sort of start dropping off and, you know, you learn who your real mates are and that's fine. I, I've got no issues with that. I've made friends since my spinal cord injury. Yeah. Um, I've lost friends. But, you know what, I'm comfortable in my surroundings now and it is what it is. Good on you, mate. So, yeah. so while we're on the topic of it, work, what, what did you do f- um, so what, what's your background? Uh, I'm a mechanic by trade. Yeah. Um, How long did you do that? Uh, so I'd done that for seven years. I'd done my apprenticeship and three years after. So yeah, yep. roughly seven years. I left school um, just before the end of year 10 and yep. got me a mechanics apprenticeship and sort of done that. And then... Was that just in a workshop? Uh, so I'd done my apprenticeship through a Holden dealer. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was pretty good. It was um, good. And then I, I sort of finished my apprenticeship in the dealership and wanted a bit of time off as you do it you know I was 19 and I sort sort of said no I want some time off so I had a bit of time off after I finished my apprenticeship um and then went across to work on earth moving equipment um like a diesel mechanic yeah yeah so I've got yeah I've done a couple extra courses and an engineering course and um I've done a bit of welding and hydraulic side of things so I sort of got a feel for a little bit of a dabble in in a different industry um and then yeah I've done that for a Three years after that, and I just got sick of it. I needed, I, I, it wasn't a great work environment. Um, yeah. And I said, I need a change of scenery. And yeah, one thing led to another, and I got on board with my father in law and, um, yeah, started laboring on a construction job. And yeah, sort of ended because I had the experience working on the earth moving machinery. I sort of hopped in an excavator and started learning how to dig and pour yeah. concrete and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, it just grew from there afterwards. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, which, you know, I, I, I love the, the construction of being a mechanic's a draining job. You're in the, those same four walls every day and, you know, management and everything else and working with shit blokes. I'm sure you've experienced it as well. It just drains your life. Like, yeah. I was getting to the point where I hated going to work because I'm like, I've got to deal with these dickheads every day. Yeah. And there's no way to live your life. I've always sort of been a bit reckless in that in that perspective where if I'm not happy, I ain't fucking doing it. And I love um, that, man. And um, I'm like, nah. And then, yeah, my father-in-law's like, we've got a labourer's job going. You want to come and have a crack? And I'm thinking, fuck, this is a, a risky bit of risky business. You know, I was young and dumb and I sort of just started seeing Kirsty at that stage. And Yep. Um, How old were you? Uh, we were 19, 20 when we met. So, yep. um, 
Yeah, I've been together for a few years. And, you know, first three, four years when you're in a relationship, you know, I was a bit scared of my father-in-law. I'm thinking, you know, yeah. he's, a pre- he's a pretty quiet bloke. I love him. Oh, I can relate, mate. I'm two years with my partner today. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, two years with my partner today. And it's hard to build those bonds, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but we got there and, you know, I consider my father-in-law one of my best mates now. That's brilliant, um, isn't it? After we started working together, my missus was like, oh, no, what's happened here? You know, we worked away from home together. Um, we started going to the pub together, you know, having yeah. a bit of fun. And, you know, I was a pup back then. In reality, I was 23 or 24 or whatever. And I, I was still a pup. I lived a very sheltered life. I was always mummy's boy and that sort of stuff. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, mate. No, nah, nah, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I hadn't experienced the real world and working away from home and yep. everything else. And he sort of took me under his wing. And, yeah, look, mate, I'm, my father-in-law is champion. And yep. we, I've been on more holidays with him than I've been with my missus. But anyway, <laughs> you, get, you get these things, but, you know, it could always be worse. It could yep. always be worse. So we sort of, yeah, hit it off and then everything was else's history, sort of. Yep. No, that's brilliant, mate. Yeah. That's good to hear. It's, um, it's definitely a nice, refreshing feeling when, you, um, when you're dating someone and their family is yeah. – they're, they're your mates and it's almost like you're trying to marry into the whole family, yeah. not, not just marry the daughter. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And my missus has got a massive family and, yep. and um, yeah, very, very awkward and intimidating to come, you know, to sort of come into. I've, I've got, uh, you know, I've got Italian and Croatian background and yep. um, a lot of families still overseas, so I was never really – exposed to a big family environment yeah and you know my missus her family's absolutely massive so you know them a small gathering is 20 or 30 people there yeah you know, it's massive all the time it's always they're always good fun but i was never exposed to that so very intimidating at the start but we got there in the end yeah and i got accepted and yeah no nah, it's good though yeah okay no that's good yeah that's good it's hard to sort of it's it's intimidating and daunting working your way into the family oh it is it is and and oh, you've only been with your missus a couple of years. It takes you a few years to settle. Yeah. But generally, look, you know, you've been together that long. She stuck around through your accident. You got a good bird. You know what I mean? Yeah, mate. I got to lock her down yeah. at some point. Lock She's her down. a weapon. Yeah, yeah. You lock her in. And, and look, I was with my missus for eight years before I locked her in. But yep. that was just me taking me time. Yeah. But um, we're coming up to, oh, what is it now? 14 years, 13, 14 years we've been together. So yep. it's uh, a long time, but... You know what? If it wasn't for her, I'd be, I'd be a mess. I wouldn't even want. I don't even want to know where I'd be yeah. uh, without her. She's a cracker bird. Yeah, yeah. Good on you, mate. It yeah. takes a good woman to, um, to help out with a good man. So, oh, hundred percent, mate. Like I was, I put it politely. I was a c word when I came out of hospital and rehab. Yep. And she stuck by me. She put up with a mood swing. She put up with the depression and just yep. randomly crying. You know what I mean? She, yep. she put up with all of that. Where a lot of women would walk in that situation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but no, nah, we get there. Yeah, good on you, mate. So uh got three questions to fire at you. Yeah. Uh right oh. So what are you watching? What are you listening to and what are you reading? Just this is just to give yeah. us a bit of an idea of the type of person you are. Um what am I watching? I'm a documentary fiend. Yeah, nice. Um just love everything documentaries like you know, um, ancient mega structures and that sort of stuff. You know, yep. watching me, I've been watching a whole series at the moment on uh, Foxtel about the eight, you know, the uh, Egyptian pyramids and that sort of stuff. And, you know, they got a the few crazy conspiracies that aliens built them and that sort of stuff. But it just boggles me having a somewhat, you know, reasonable construction background. You know, you read into that sort of stuff. It's pretty crazy the accuracy and what they done 
with primitive technology. So I love me documentaries. Yep. Um, listening to. Um, alpha blokes by the look of it. Alpha blokes, yeah, yeah definitely. Shout out to those fellas. They're yeah. fucking legends. No, alpha blokes is a, is a big one. I like listening to them. And uh, He's got the hat on, by yeah, the way. He's got yeah. the hat on, yeah, yeah, on the alphas. They're, they're a good bunch of boys, I guess. They are. They're good at clearing head noise, mate. They're just a yep. little bit of laugh and it's a bit of that... You know, uh, tradie banter. Yep. You know, you know they're always good to they're always good to listen to. So, like listening to Alpha Blokes, listen to yourself. Um, you know, there's, there's oh, I'm a, I listen to me a bit of old old school music, bit of Luke Combs. You yeah, know, love it. A little bit of everything. Um, yep. I'm not one of those people that are set down to a certain genre or whatever, but no, nah, a little bit of everything. I love it. Yeah, I'm much the same. Yeah. You're a book guy? You read books? Gosh, shit, no. Yeah, no. No, nah, reading's not Struggle with an owner's manual? Yeah, struggle with an owner's manual. Uh, my reading, uh, Facebook, Instagram, but Instagram watching reels anyway, so that's not yep. really reading, but yeah, my social media. And I do do a bit of reading on the internet, sort of, uh, on my, my hobby stuff with me shooting, so yep. a lot of science behind, you know, what goes into being an accurate shooter and, yep. um, you know, that sort of stuff, which is... Yeah, it's it always got something to keep the brain stimulated because if you don't keep the brain stimulated, that's when you fall in that bad rabbit hole. And yeah. you know, that's, that's a big thing I tell you, you know what I mean? Um, keep your brain stimulated and you'll be sweet. If, yep. you, if you sit there and sort of start pondering what ifs and all that sort of stuff, that's when you end up in the shit. So yeah, got to keep it busy. Yeah. So you mentioned um, you're in your shooting. Yeah. So prior to, prior to your accident, which we will get to, yeah. um, you know, you said that... You've you were just getting into it, is, nah, that, is I, that correct? I, I, or you were into it for a bit? I was into it for a bit. I was sort of into me hunting and that. Yeah. Um, what I, did you hunt for? I guess you rabbits, foxes, goats, pigs, whatever. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a lot of time for it. You know, you go out your three, four times a year, yep. and uh, that was it, sort of thing. When you get a you know long weekend or whatever, if it wasn't, we used to go up, you know, um, the pines and that, and you can go dirt bike riding up there and yep. had a bit of fun up there. Um, if I wasn't doing that sort of stuff, we'd you know, we'd go up Swan Hill, we had a property we used to shoot up there and have a bit of fun and a couple yep. out of Denny and that. And that was sort of my, it was a hobby. That was sort of, you know, my real relaxation, a bit of fishing, a bit of shooting. And yep. um, yeah, then after after the accident, after I got stable with my body and everything, it sort of took a big turn and that's become my passion now. That's sort of my go-to as me out of the real reality and just focus on something else. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. That's all right. And what, you just go to a shooting range? Yeah, now. so we've got a local shooting range up at home about 20 minutes from where I live. So yep. um, they've got a local club up there. There's another one down in Little River that we also shoot at. But it's, um, you know, shooting's got a bad stigma. It's like, oh, he's bloody killing things and user a bunch of crazies. No, mate, it's no different to hanging out at a local bowls club. It's a bunch of old men talking shit most of the time aiming for the same target yeah aiming for the same target you yep. know what i mean um and i love it that's my social outing you know um a bad stigma around it because you know people see too much on social media but you know we're a bunch of old women down there basically we sit there and probably spend more time talking than actually shooting but it's just a social thing to do yeah um and i love it no it's a good environment and like super accommodating you know they didn't have the best wheelchair access at the local gun club and always someone willing to give me a hand to push over the you know the crush rock car park and that yeah like they built a, a specific spot for me now where it's nice and flat for me to get out my van and that so how good that yeah super accommodating and like i shot a couple of comps down at little river and 
um, with a precision rifle series guys yeah. and um, like super accommodating, like super helpful, you know what I mean? Um, precision rifle sort of a little bit of a different ball game. You're not shooting off a bench, you'd be shooting off a barricade or yeah. um, that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, super accommodating, guy moving your rifle, you get in a different position to shoot at your targets and that. Like everyone's been fantastic. That's good, mate. That's yeah. really good. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, obviously doing everything as safe as safe as you possibly can. Yeah. And, um, like, nah, super accommodating. And that's what we need more of in the world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. We need people to be accommodating and just not assume. That's a yeah. big thing uh, I could would like to touch on at some point. Yeah, let's um, go. Let's go for it right now. There's, there's a stigma around people in wheelchairs, and I was one of those people. Um, you're in a wheelchair and you assume that the person's got a mental issue or yep. they're, they're mentally disabled um and you know uh, unfortunately being a tradie you, you sort of walk past the person in a wheelchair at the shopping center and think oh fuck what's wrong with them you mm. know um and that stigma changed my perspective changed very quickly um once i got in a hospital and realized i was going to be in a wheelchair it's like not all those people those people aren't all buckled with mental health issues or you know mental mental issues or brain injuries we're just normal people. Like yep. I hate it. I had a little run a couple of days in hospital earlier this year and, you know, went up the counter and the lady at the counter's asking me, Mrs., you know, what's his name, this and that. And it's like, hold on a second. I can talk. I can talk. I have a voice. I'm, but it's just that people think that you can't. People think that there's something wrong with you. Yeah. I ain't the best looking bloke, but Jesus, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's one of those things. It's like, give me a chance. Yeah. And that really shits me. You know what I mean? Or you go in the shopping centre and, you know, roll up at Big W or whatever and, you know, people, they'll serve me misses instead of serve me. I was like, hold on a sec, I'm, I'm fine. You can serve me, I can communicate, I can pass me money over, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, they'll be yeah. happy to take your money, mate. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's just, the, yeah, that stigma around, and, like, that's a big thing I want to try and spread around is we're not all, we haven't all got issues like that, you know what I mean? We, we're able-bodied people, just our legs don't work. Yeah. Our heads are fine. Yep, yep. And that's a big stigma I like to break down and, you know, I try and do it with people I meet and all of that. Um, always tell them, you know, we're, we're no different to you. Just our legs don't work or, you know, we've got issues with our arm function, you know. It's, yeah. um, that's the way we are. But our brains are perfectly normal. We've got feelings. We've got emotions. We've got, you know, we've got things that we want to do in life. And people just think, oh, they're in a wheelchair. They're probably, you know, getting spoon fed every night. No, we're not like that. Yeah. And it's unfortunate for the people that are like that. I'm not knocking knocking them, if you know what I mean. It's uh, yeah. It's very unfortunate to be that far, you know, you know, in that bad of a state. But yeah. it's just yeah, the stigma needs to be broken down, and people need um, especially in our world today, where everyone's got to be more, you know, accepting and that sort of stuff. You should just get rid of that blanket covering of, you know, oh, they're in a wheelchair, they're buckled. No, as we're real people as well. Yep. No, good on you. It's and good that you, you're speaking up on that. A hundred percent, hundred percent. You've got to spread the word wherever you go, you know. Like, I was out the front of the hospital and the same stay when I was saying about the missus. Um, I went out the front and uh, my my passion, well, one of my passions is smoking ciggies is not the greatest, but I went out the front and the lady's like, oh, are you allowed to smoke? I'm probably not supposed to, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm an adult. I pay taxes. Mm. Of course I'm allowed to smoke, you know what I mean? Like... But that's the way. That's the what people think, you know. Yeah. It's 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 cooked like something so minor, like even going outside for a smoke, you're getting questioned that you're allowed to. It's like that's my life, it's my choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but it's just crazy. And you know, you're just in the game now, unfortunately. 
you wait and you'll get the experience as well. You know, you get questioned. You go at the pub and, you know, you're having a pot and they're like, oh, you're allowed to drink beer. Yeah, I'm allowed to drink beer. You know what I mean? It's just drink it, whiskey if I want yeah, to. Yeah, that's bitch. exactly right. <laughs> Give me that bottle. Give me the Bundy, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, but yeah, just people, just random weird questions like that. And yeah, that's just people being very, uh, naive about it all. Yeah. And I would have probably done the same thing to be a hundred percent honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, fuck, look at this bloke in a wheelchair having a pot and, uh, you know, bed at the pub or whatever. But it's like, we're humans. They're, they're human. I would have said the same thing, but you know what I mean anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I get you. So, um, look, can we, can we talk about what's happened and what, what's landed you in a wheelchair? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 2018, um, I was involved in a building site accident. Yeah. Um, can't go into too many specifics. That's completely fine, um, But we'll start off with my injury. So I was crushed. Um, was in a bit of wet concrete at the time. Yep. Um, I woke up, I had a mouthful of concrete, couldn't breathe, snapped arm, broken collarbone, broken shoulder. Um, so it broke my right arm, bone popped out the skin and all. Um, did you, did that get infected? Oh yeah, of the concrete. Or yeah, anything? it was it was bad. Um, and you know, twelve broken ribs as well. So both lungs had collapsed. Yeah. Um, I was in a bad state, and the the first well, this is all secondhand information. I've got very very vague recollections. I remember looking out the pole where we were working and thinking, "Fuck, am I going to die here? I'm going to die." Um, so you weren't unconscious? I was in a very in and out of consciousness state. Like I was concussed. Yeah, I was I was out of it bad. Like I didn't know what I was just in excruciating pain. I got little dribs and drabs of memory. So I sort of remember looking out the hole. I remember asking the Ambo was going to be right for my wedding day. Um, and then I remember Which was how long after uh, the accident? Well, we were supposed to be getting mar- uh, married in December and that was September. So um, it was yep. a couple of months down the track and um you know, I remember getting wheeled in the hospital. Um, and look, my spinal injury was the least of my issues at the start because um, I had other internal injuries and that. Um, my I was struggling to breathe. It was on a ventilator. Yeah. Um, I had chest drains in because I had wet concrete in my lungs after the accident. Um, and they were vacuuming out pebbles out of my lungs, literally. Jeez. It was like someone sticking a hot poker down your, your, your chest, into your chest and vacuuming out pebbles like... I was a mess, so my spine wasn't a massive concern um, with the doctors at the start. Um, it took me probably two weeks to stabilise, um, just massive swelling in my body, um, my heart was playing up, um, not breathing obviously is not a good thing. So yep. I, was, I was pretty messed up and like I think they didn't operate on my spine until I think the Saturday. So it was a few days down the track where they said, well, put, you know, once they knew that I wasn't going to cark it, um, they sort of said, well... Now we can try and stabilise them a little bit better. Um, yeah. Like I had with me right arm, bone popped out the skin and I, they just put an external fixation on it just to keep it in place. Um, but they didn't actually bother repairing it or putting the plate in until further on down the track because I was just, yeah. It was no, too, too busy keeping you yeah, alive. Yeah, too busy keeping me alive yeah. um, to, to worry about the other stuff. So, you know, shout out to Royal Melbourne. They've done a good job. Yeah, yeah, um, I've spent a few t- few weeks in there. That's for sure. Yeah, I was uh, I spent in the end, so I was pretty buckled, and and that's the thing as well. You know what I mean? It wasn't just the broken back; it was all the other injuries that I sustained, which sort of made it hard. Was there any brain injury? No, nah, no brain injury, thank God. Yeah. Um, but like you know, in the early stages, they're testing your brain out. I kept saying to me, "Mrs., there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me," because they, you know, I, I well swelled up. They didn't know what was going on, 
And, yeah. and she's like, no, there's nothing wrong with your brain. There's nothing wrong with your brain. But you're that drugged up on ketamine and everything else. You don't know what's going on. So. Yeah, it's a dangerous drug, isn't it? Oh, mate, I just cut I mean, whole room looked like custard one day like yep. just weird ass shit going on people yep. smoking dope under me bed like just crazy stuff yeah absolutely crazy stuff um and look like yes yeah, so i'm very very lucky no brain injury thank god yeah because um, i know people with spinal injuries that have sustained some you know minor brain injury and it just like adds another layer of complexity to their daily living as well you know what i mean yeah but um yeah so i was pretty lucky in that perspective and I was come come good after probably three weeks, and then grand final day. When you say come good, do you mean I, a, able to sort of breathe on your own? Well, and no, stable. I, I was half stable at that stage. Yeah. Um, they pulled me out of me induced coma after I think twelve days. Yeah. Um, just well, you got me pipped by one day. Yeah. They. Uh, it was just yeah. My my heart wasn't tolerating the medications, and my blood pressure was playing up. So yep. they're like, we got to do this. Um, I chewed through the I chewed through my tongue because I was chewing on the breathing tube. Um, so I ended up with a big hole in my tongue. Jeez. And um, they said, we better try and wake him up. And I just couldn't breathe. Yep. I just remember waking up out of my coma. I remember seeing my old man. My old man was the first person I seen after I got out of my coma. Yep. And I was groggy as, didn't know what was going on. Are you close with him? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, my old man's a cracker of bloke. Yeah, Love that's him. good. Um, I just remember waking up out of my coma and I'm like, hey, Dad, do you reckon they'll let me go out for a coffee and a smoke? <laughs> that, was, that was the first thing I said, you know yep. what I mean? Like, that was just my mindset. I thought I got knocked out or something, you know? Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. And then, yeah, the gravity of it all started hitting after that. Um, and I was sort of, my health was pretty good. And then come grand final day, I tried to die in front of me, mum and missus. Um, my breathing tube in my chest blocked up with... Uh, you know, like phlegmy, yep. concretey shit that I had in there. Yep. And I remember mum and Gers just sitting there and next thing you know, I just couldn't breathe in or out, like... Far out. And I just remember, like, trying to scream with a breathing tube down my throat, trying to scream and it just wasn't happening. Were you still in hospital at this point? Yeah, yeah I was still in intensive care at this point. Yep. Um, I had a nose tube in so I couldn't eat food or nothing. Yep. Um, so it was pretty rough. And yeah, I just remember not being able to breathe and then waking up like half an hour later and mum's there and Kirsty's there and I'm like, what the fuck happened? They're like, oh, your breathing tube blocked up and you weren't getting oxygen. So the old intensive care nurse hit the magic button and knocked me out straight away and they end up clearing the blockage and keep me going again. But that was grand final day in 2018, so... And after that... Did th your team win that year at least? No. Nah, fucking who, dogs. I think, I think it was Collingwood that played 2018. No. I'm I can't not, remember, but... I'm yeah. not a footy guy. Oh, you're not a footy guy? No, nah, no. Nah. Nah. But yeah, it was just... And that was sort of my last major hiccup I had. Yeah. Um, after that, I sort of... They're backing off on the drugs and we sort of started stabilising a little bit, I suppose. Yep. Um, yeah, we sort of... Backed off, but I was in intensive care for five weeks. Do you remember the pain you were feeling at the yeah, time? Yeah, just horrible pain. Like, yep. I don't know if you had broken ribs or whatever. but I've, Yeah, I've broken nine at one time. Yeah. Punched my lungs, shit like that. Yeah. yeah it was bad. But I then spent 11 days in a coma, I think. Yeah. So I sort of woke up out of that and it's a little bit off topic. But yeah. um, this wasn't with my spinal cord injury. Oh, yeah. This was when I was much younger. Um, but yeah, I woke up out of a coma and... 
um, you know, I vaguely remember like how hard it was to breathe. If yeah. you had to fart, you would in agony. Or if you cough, had or cough, shit, anything like yeah. that. Like, yeah, it was bad. And and just breathing on in general, having punctured lungs is hard yeah. enough. But then having X amount of broken ribs yeah. that surround it or that have caved in and punctured your lungs, yeah. like. Yeah, it's a bad, bad situation. Yeah. So my lungs and my shoulders were probably the worst out of them all. Yeah. Um, back wasn't sort of a big pain issue. It was just the pain for me, broken ribs and me, broken collarbone and my shoulder was a, sort of the worst thing. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was, and just the amount of stress, uh, you know, like everything was difficult. Taking a short breath was difficult. Um, everything was a pain to do, like... I end up at the point I wasted away that much over the time I was in my coma. Um, I couldn't pick up a TV remote. Like I was, I had very, very limited arm function at yeah. that stage. So I couldn't, yeah, didn't even have the strength to lift the TV remote. But, you know, um, once I got out of intensive care and up the trauma ward, I sort of started becoming more sober, yep. if that makes sense. Yep. And started getting to the gravity of the whole situation. Um, you know, and, and that's when I started comprehending what was actually going on around me sort of thing. But, you know, just pain, constant pain and yep. my lungs were killing me. That was – then my shoulder was killing me. That were the, wor- that were the worst two parts. Yep. Um, but, you know, they, they drug you up. You don't know what's going on. If, when, you're, when you're in pain, you get that point where it sort of peaks, your pain, they drug you and you drop back down again. Yeah. And then you just zone out. You're zombie yeah, you're zombie, you're watching TV, you know what I mean? And yep. just watching swamp people every day, you know. <laughs> that was that was my big thing I was watching when I was in there with swamp people. I love it, you know what I mean? But yeah, that was that was life and reality for that little period in my life, I suppose. Yep. And um so I was in the trauma ward for about two weeks and got moved across to the Austin. Um and yeah, so after three north. Yep, yep. I was only there, a bit of time there. I was only there for a couple of days. They took me uh, tracky out of my throat, so my breathing pipe out. Yep. And once they pulled that out, um, across to the Talbot. Yeah. Okay. So, did you have a? Did you break your spine anywhere? In yeah. Yep. Yeah. So T3 and T4 yep. and T8 and T9 were damaged on my spine. Jeez, that's a yeah, that's yeah. a lot, isn't it? So I've got I'm fused. I think from T1 to T12, I've got a big, big metal rods which are. A pain in the ass because my twist and ability is just it's very, yeah limited. Uh, it's very very limited. It's like having two bits of spring steel stuck in your back. Yep. Um, yeah. And whereabouts is your spinal cord injury? Ah, like? uh, so T three, so probably yeah, just below nipple height sort of thing there. Yep. Um, that's where I've got sort of altered sensation till just top of my belly sort of thing, and then yep. yeah, it goes to being up the shit. Did, so is it numb below there, or we'll call it numb? Yep. Yeah, so when I had uh, lost feeling in both of my legs, yeah. um, I don't know if you've ever, like, broken an arm or a leg or whatever and had yeah. to have um, plaster put on. Yeah. But what they would do, in my experience anyway, yeah. is they would wrap this um, – it's like a cotton bud material or yeah. a cotton ball material around your arm. Yeah. Right? And then they would fix the plaster over the top of that so yeah. that it's not skin on yeah. plaster. But my legs, from my toes all the way up, probably just above or just below my belly button, yeah. felt like I was just wrapped in that. And yeah. that, that was... Very dull feeling. Yeah, and it's like... Like it, someone trying to touch you through a phone book. That's how I could describe it. 
Very interesting. Like you got a phone book on your leg. Yeah. And you know, you know, we're not talking one of these new, you know, the phone books growing up, the big, thick, green, yellow bars. Yeah, I know the one. <laughs> just like someone trying to poke you through that very dull. Yep. Not, nearly non-existent feeling. Yeah. 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 It's. I think we might be having a little bit, like, it might be a little bit different. Yeah. But for my experience, like, and, and I just mean this was how it felt yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when someone would touch me, I'd, I'd some sensation. Yeah. And I've, I've got more back now. Yeah. But pretty much most of the day, it just felt like my legs and my bum and my junk, everything yeah. was just wrapped in cotton wool. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And, and yeah, that, that that was how I described the numb feeling. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, I was I was very similar feeling, um, and mine's pretty much like that now. Like, it's just, um, yeah, it's very dull. Yep. But you know what? Like, I still feel pain, which is shit ass. Yep. You know, I still feel – I can't feel normal stuff, like, you know, normal touch that, but – you know, I, uh, you know, you, oh, what do you use an example? You get a rash on your balls, you still feel it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's weird. I'll get that stingy sensation, that sort of stuff. And that's where everyone's spinal cord's very different. You know what I mean? Um, I know people that are still completely numb after this time. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very varied um, scale of what they can be like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And each, each there, each, everyone's different, you know? Yeah. Everyone's different. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's you only got to go to the to Royal Talbot and have a chat to some of the people in there yeah. and you, you realise we're different in this aspect or yeah. we're similar in that one. But um yeah, it's very rare that you'll ever hear of two that are that are pretty much the yeah. same. Yeah, and that's a big thing with the spinal cord injury. Everyone's got varying levels of brokenness. Yep. Um and you know, they it's very hard because even medically, you know, everyone's so different. Um, I've got my issues, you've got your issues. Yeah. But we're still underneath that same blanket. There's an issue with our spinal cord and that's unfortunately, you know, that's a blanket blanket name for it all. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a very, very broad, broad statement saying hey, you've got a spinal cord injury. Yeah, yeah. So once you've been moved to... To the Austin, yep. three north. What was the process from there? Um, basically, I was just checking that it was stable enough to go across to the Talbot. And, yep. you know, um, I was still, I had my breathing tube in my throat at the time. And uh, was that hooked up to anything? Uh, or was it just direct down to your lungs so, so that, that nothing could interrupt? No, nah, no. Nah, so that was at the time I'd stopped being on a ventilator because my lungs had cleared up enough and I was able to cough up, you know, me phlegm and that sort of stuff. Yep. So, um, yeah, that was in there, and by that by the stage I got to the Austin, I basically didn't need it in anymore. I was stable enough to breathe myself and yep. cough up me, you know, phlegm and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And um, so they yanked that out of me, which is a weird feeling, and uh, yeah, sent me across to the Talbot. Yeah. Okay. Did you um did you have surgery on your spine? Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. You said that you did. Yeah. You, yeah. You fused. Yeah. Yeah. So I had the surgery on my spine and. Yeah, I had a... Do you remember the feeling taking out the drain tube? Oh, crazy. It's a weird yeah, feeling, yeah. isn't it? Oh, it is crazy. And like, I remember, well, not with my spine so much, but with my chest drains, that was an odd, odd feeling as well. Yeah. It was just, yeah, very, very scattered light. But yeah, no, odd, odd sensations that you go through. Yeah. I wouldn't butter it. Like, I wouldn't recommend it to people. No, nah, don't go trying it for fun. No, nah, nah, definitely not. Definitely not. But like, I, once I got the towel, but I was sort of on a waiting list. 
um, tore all my tendons in my arm yep. with the accident. So my bicep wasn't working. So I went across the Talbot for I think about eight weeks, six, eight weeks. Yep. Um, and then I got shipped off back to Royal Melbourne. They'd done some um, nerve transfers and stuff to get me right arm working again. Yep. And then, yeah. And is that back to almost nah, full function? No, nah, still half my hand's numb. Yep. Um, half my hand's numb, still a lot. Like you've been sleeping on your hand, that pins and needles feeling. Yep. Um, and my biceps working but not working, if you know what I mean. It ain't great. Yeah. Um, but I've got strength now. Like I couldn't lift up, like I said, a TV remote, but I'll lift sort of three, four kilos now with it, which is enough to get me by in life, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and and that's something that you've um, said a few times since we've been having a chat, you know, that's life and, yeah. you know, that's just life now. And you seem to be pretty positive about it. And I, I really admire you yeah. for that because, um, like, being in this game for – well, this game, well, in, in – you know, only being injured for sort of nine months, it's looking towards the future is quite daunting. And I, I sometimes yeah. I just sort of think to myself, like, oh, just worry about now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the way you've sort of said, you know, you just find a way to do this or it takes a little bit longer, but you can still do this. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm really stoked to hear that and I'm glad that you've yeah. found a way to be able to still participate in everything that you want to do yeah. and, and find a way to make yourself yeah. um, enjoy your hobby still. This, having a spinal cord injury, will only your only limit is your brain. Yep. If your brain says, no, nah, let's sit at home and play Xbox all day or PlayStation, that's where, that's your future. Yep. If you've got that brain that's driven, that's motivated, um, you'll go places. Yeah. You'll make function. And look, you know, there's people with spinal cord injuries that have a lot more function, a lot more active than me. I do to the best of my physical capabilities. Um, yep. I was unfortunate enough to not only have a spinal cord injury, I had me other stuff. So I am limited in certain aspects, but I do as much as I, I can safely. Yep. Probably a little bit more than what I should. But if you don't push that extra 5%, you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Yep. That's the biggest thing. That's where progress is made. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, that's the only way to make progress is um, with work, uh, in my working life, in my, you know, personal life pre-accident, yep. my biggest thing was you always go that extra 5%. Yeah. Because that extra 5% puts you ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Because you've got plenty of blokes out there that'll go to work, do what they have to do to justify their existence but not go any further. Yeah. Like, you know, working with other machine operators on civil jobs and stuff. Oh, why are you getting out the excavator to turn the pump on? Well, because I've got legs at work. Or why are you getting out the excavator and shooting a level? And it's like, because I can. But yep. mind you, these blokes, they just live They're doing life. their job as They're, a machine operator yeah. and that's it. And I've, always, I've never, ever been like that. I always, you know, if, if the site manager says, oh, can you go shoot a couple of levels for me? Of course I will. I know I'm not there to do that, but the way I look at it, by going that extra 5%, that puts you in front of everyone else and it guarantees you're always going to be in work because they're like, yeah, he's a good machine operator, but he's willing, if, you know, we've got no machine work, he's, he's willing to lay pipe for the next day or two. You yep. know what I mean? Where other blokes are not like that. And he sort of, and that sort of, we can bounce back to people with spinal cord injuries like that. You've got your people that'll sort of do what they have to do to survive. Yeah. And then you've got the other people that sort of push harder. And look, you know, there's people out there that do way more than me. They give 15%, that extra 15%. Yep. It's all got to be in proportion. 
Yeah. It's all going to be in proportion. And yeah, if I can give an extra five, I'm happy with that. And, you know, each everyone's got their own different goals in life. But as long as I'm above the average, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that, that really sounds good or whatever, but that's the way I look at it anyway. No, it makes sense to me, mate. Do yeah. you, um, you know, giving that extra 5%, well, for me, even giving 100% each yeah. day, you know, come to 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, I am fucking shagged. Yeah. There's yeah. no two ways about it, mate. I've, the fatigue's a big thing in your early days. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that you get back to some normal stamina, I suppose? Yeah. yeah. Um, your body's healing. Yeah. And we've got a baby. And you've got a baby. And trust me, we'll get on the kids a little bit later <laughs> on. They're not, they're not easy. No, no, definitely. They're not easy. Um, but, yeah, the fatigue was a big thing early days, 7.30, 8 o'clock, completely shagged. Yep. Um, my biggest advice to you is keep pushing. Try, yep. try and stay up in your chair until 9 o'clock. Yeah. Before, because, you know, it's quite easy to go lay in bed, flick the YouTube on or TV on and, yep. you know, have a flick on the phone. But push yourself to sit up in the chair um, for that extra hour because you build – the only way you build stamina is by doing. Yep. Um, I know that's probably – that's my personal experience. Yep. Um, you know, physios, OTs will all tell you different things, but you do what works for you. Yep. And for me, pushing that extra hour up in the chair sort of built up my tolerance. And look, I'm not going to lie um, – I had me big days where I've been pushing around the shopping centre all day or, um, you know, being out shooting for the day and it's physically and mentally tiring. I'll, uh, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock, I'm ready for bed. And I won't push myself unnecessarily. But yeah. if I've got to be out, like, you know, New Year's Eve, well, we're up till 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. I can do it, no issues. Yeah. Um, you just get sore, though. Like, my biggest thing was at the start, by, by 7.30, 8 o'clock, I was just shagged. Yeah. Like, my body was sore. I wasn't comfortable with my chair. I just yep. want to lay down. Yeah. Can you get comfortable now? Yeah. Because one thing I've I've learned, being in this chair, yeah. maybe because I have got um, sensation below my injury, Yeah. the only time I'm comfortable is when I'm in bed. And yeah. that, that's momentarily. You yeah. know, that do, it doesn't last forever. And... You know, an hour after I've been in bed, I've got to adjust it. But, yeah. you know, I'm very fortunate. I got donated a bed from a company called Sleep Electric who, yeah. if you have NDIS or whatever, I highly recommend these people. Yeah. But, um, man, it, it's like a hospital bed but on steroids. It massages you. It goes yeah. up, down. It will, um, you know, lift your head up high and have your feet down low so that you can get blood flow to your head or yeah, what, yeah. whatever. I'm, I'm sure there's scientific reasons for yeah, it. But yeah, yeah. Bloody brilliant, and yeah. we absolutely love it. So yeah. now I've got I've got, a, I've got a decent bed set up at home. That's um, good. Yeah. Unfortunately, earlier in the year, I uh, had a bit of a pressure area on my back. So I've yeah, yeah, I definitely want to talk about that. So pressure injuries, you you've had a couple. I've had a couple, unfortunately. Yep. And how do they how do they come about? My last one on my back, we don't know. They reckon I might have knocked me back doing a transfer or something. Yep. And it was a, a you know, like a bruise below the skin. Yep. And I had this lump on my tail, top of my tailbone for months. Yeah. And my missus like, something's not right, something's not right. Went to the local docs, get an x-ray, this and that. And my missus like, no, nah, it's not right. The doctor's like, oh, it's nothing. It's just because you're bony. Because I'm a little bloke, you know what I mean? Yeah. And missus like, something's not right there. Something's not right. Anyway... This went on for three, four months, maybe five months, and just feeling crook all the time. 
And, and was your partner still telling you yeah. to, to go get yeah. go get answers? Yeah. That's and, great, isn't it? Yeah. And the thing is, I ended up in the Austin and they had a look at me and they said, no, no, you, you're all good. And just happened one of those things. I knocked it when I was doing another transfer again. And in a week, it went from uh, just a lump on my back. It went to a black hole. Fucking hell. In a week. And the worst thing was... The little one had gastro, so I thought, I'm feeling shit. I want to feel like chuck me guts up and this and that. No, it was because I was bloody infected in my back. So that was lingering under my skin for probably... So it was infected months. underneath Underneath the skin. skin, yeah, it just wasn't coming up the surface. And oh. Yeah, so from being fine, I thought I had gastro. And then that was on the Monday or the Tuesday, and the hole in my back started turning black and just like oozing. And it was the size of the bottom of a Coke can. Yeah, yeah, wow, so okay. Savage that's, that's Jays. big, yeah. Savage Jays. And that's why my missus was on my case, like, something's wrong with you. But the doctor, I'm like, nah, shut up. You've been a, you know, a worry wart. You're worrying for nothing. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. God bless her, mate. Yeah, if it was me, I'd be dead already if it wasn't for her. But, <laughs> yeah, but she was just onto it. And, she, and you know, in the end, she was right. There was something wrong there. Yeah. So I went down the Austin Hospital on a Saturday Arvo and, because I was feeling crook as I'm like, nah, I can't keep doing this. And yep. the local GP said to me, it's turning black. You really need to go to the hospital, get some decent antibiotics and get them to clean it up. And yep. Yeah, anyway, in there and went up 3 North again. They said, yeah, we'll just give it a bit of a clean up. And surgeon came in and what was supposed to be a little surgery ended up being a major thing because it was, yeah, near on 20 mil deep. Um, in my back. Wow. So, yeah, so near on 20 mil deep and just uh, just under 50 mil round. So they cut a big hole Fuck out of my back. So what, they cut under it to N- sort of take N- it out? N- yeah, so they cut the whole section of like my back. Like around out. it and yeah. then underneath and to underneath, scoop it out, yeah, basically. Yeah, scoop it out. And there's tendons and shit in there, like you can see them. Um, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's, well, I've touched wood, I've just come off it all. Um, they had a vacuum cleaner on my back, basically sucking the shit out of the wound and yep. um, it's taken me six months to come good again. But, yeah, the skin's grown back, no skin grafts, no nothing. But um, it slows yeah. you down. Yeah. slows you down and, and that's the biggest thing is we got to trust the doctors. Yeah. They went to school. But if something ain't right, you know your own body. And like we were just talking about before, everyone's different. And, you know, if you think something's not right, you pursue it because if you don't, you end up like I did. Yeah. You know, if we caught that three or six months earlier, you know, three months earlier, I wouldn't have been as much strife as I was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like we got to trust the doctors, but you got to, if something's not right, keep pursuing it because if you feel something's not right, well, probably isn't. Yeah. And like, I, you know, we didn't go to school for 20 years to be a spinal expert. Yeah. But we know our own bodies. We live with it 24-7. So always question it. And you, you're you your best doctor. Yeah. You're your best. And stay away from Google. Yeah, fuck that. I'll never, never Google anything. No, like. don't don't Google like it's Yeah, because you end up freaking yourself out. You know what I mean? Like yep. you're reading shit and you're like, oh, fuck, maybe it'll cancer or fucking maybe this or that. No, go to the doctors. Yeah. They'll give you a ballpark of what's going on. Yeah. And if they don't give you the answer you like, like with the lump on me back, go see another doctor. Go see another. Secondary opinion. Yeah. Second opinions never hurt. Yeah. Second opinions never hurt. You know, like, yeah, it's it's just just push. Yeah. Just push. Because if it ain't right, don't stop until it's 
you're feeling comfortable again. Yeah. Yeah. And then you said that you've um, also dealt with another one on your foot. Yeah, on my foot. Um, So I had one on my ankle, um, which is pretty good, healed up. And then, yeah, just transferring into the missus car and I knocked my ankle on the sidestep and just knocked the skin off the, you know, ball of your ankle. And, uh, yeah, then it just sort of degraded and degraded. Now I've got a probably 20 cent piece size on my ankle bone. Yeah. Which I'm in trouble with at the moment. But we'll get on top of it. You know, like we've healed the one on my back, the one on my ankle heal up. Yeah. It don't look the greatest, but we'll get there. Yeah. I've got some sort of faith in the medical system. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you need to. It's oh, a, you have um, to. You, you know, have to. Like you said, they went to school to learn this shit and we're just giving them yeah. the... What's the word? We're it's, giving them the material. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we're, we're just going off what we think could, could be wrong or damaged yeah. or whatever. And it's I suppose it's their job to figure out how to... How to fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, speaking with you before, you're, you're a trader. You know, you might get a bundle of parts, you put them together. But that's what we're doing with the doctors. We're giving them a bundle of parts. They'll put it together and they'll sort it out. Yeah. So question, but... Take their word for it as well because yeah. a lot of people try and go against what doctors say and yep. don't take this medication, don't do that. Well, don't be a hero and not take medication because such and such said you shouldn't take it. Yeah, um, Pain's a big thing. Unfortunately, we got to deal with it. But the meds that the doctors prescribe isn't for nothing. And it's better to take a tablet than be in excruciating pain all day. Yeah. Yep. That's that's a big one. What are you still taking? Um, so I'm taking pregabalin. Yep. Um, taking a blood thinner. Yep. Um, a couple of tablets for me bladder. Yep. And um, what else? Pregab, blood thinner, and blood pressure medication to keep me blood pressure up. So yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm yeah, and I take me tablets for me uh, bowels to. Get a moving in the morning, so yeah. Is that just Coloxal? Ah, uh, Senecot. Se- yeah, yeah, I used yeah. to take Seneca. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I obviously uh, my my ass doesn't work, so yeah. I sort of take me Senecot. You know, seven thirty at night, and I know seven thirty in the morning I've got to be sitting on that commoter and yeah, you know, send a grenade up there and it scare it out and yeah. off you go for the day. And, th- and that's sort of how it works, is it? Yeah. It's a um, yeah, they bang us up up there and yep, um, yeah, generally. You know, sit there and have a cuppa or whatever, as horrible as it is. But, you know, when it takes you that long to have a shit, you want to have your cuppa in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how long does it normally take? Look, mate, on a good day, if my, like, diet's a big thing. Yeah. Um, try and eat healthy and your bowels, everything works better. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. But yeah. on a good day, from getting up to showering and, you know, being up in the chair, hour, hour and a half. Yeah, okay. But you have a bad day where your bowels don't want to make a movement or whatever take you three hours sometimes yeah and look there are different options uh that i can sort of do to um speed things up in the morning and that sort of stuff yeah but i'm doing what works for me at the moment um yeah and that's a big thing you know if it works for you just run with it um i've got a pretty consistent routine where accidents aren't a big issue anymore yep and it works for me and i don't need to be up any earlier than what i am and ready because i'm still you know not working and that sort of stuff so you you make do with what works for you and you know further down the track when i do return to work hopefully um i'll alter my morning routine and the products i use to speed things up yeah at the moment 
if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Yeah, don't fix what's not fucked. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, like a lot of the, you know, spawn team and that, like, oh, you know, we can speed things up. And I'm like, what's the point of speeding things up if, you know, I shit myself that day because yep. we've tried to do things too quickly? Yeah. What I'm doing is consistent. As long as I keep my diet consistent, my morning routine works well. Yeah. So just leave it. Do you have to sort of watch what you eat in? Yeah. You know, and I just mean like the volume of oh, your yeah. consumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've always had cooked guts. I don't know if it was because I used to drink too much piss or eat too much takeaway food pre-accident. Yep. But my guts have always been cooked and, yeah, you know, that's just me. Yeah. Um, but after the accident, it's always – it's been a bit more. Um, and speaking with a dietitian was a big thing that helped me out. Yeah. Um, because my bowels were just erratic and I'm like, what's causing it? Um, so, yeah, I guess, yeah, got to be sort of be careful with my diet and yep. the quantities because, um, you know, Christmas Day you load up and I can still eat like I used to before, but yep. my body just won't hold it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I eat a bucket of food Christmas Day, I'll shit the bed, you know what I mean? It's yep. just you got to do things within check and, like, weight, weight's a big thing. You want to try and maintain a healthy weight for your size because – couple extra kilos on your lap makes a difference every day on the oath it does so you know i used to always drink me bottles of coke and you know what will help that mate what valley meal prep valley meal prep yeah yeah, yeah. they're a sponsor of ours i actually just had the carbonara for lunch yeah and my partner had like the chicken burrito like yeah unpacked burrito whatever yeah. it was fuck yeah. so good man so you were on the right path there yeah, yeah, I've got. I've, I feel like I put on a bit of weight, and even one of the nurses at Talbot the other day goes, "Oh, Mitch, you uh, you're looking a bit rounder," or yeah. said something like that, and I was like, "Fuck you!" Like, yeah. I can't get on a bike or go for a ride or go yeah, for yeah. a run. And I was like, "Thought that was a bit rude," but yeah, I think it kind of struck a nerve. And yeah, yeah. So nah, if you're in a good and look like hundred percent, you know, if you can get on something like that that gives you a good, healthy, balanced diet, yeah. go for it. Because keeping everything in check's a big, big thing, and keeping healthy, yeah. What goes in comes out. It's got to come out. But you know, yep. putting good fuel in. I see a couple of bikes sitting there. You're not going to put shitty old fuel you've had sitting in the shed out the back for two years in them, are you? No, nah, not a chance, no. mate. Not so a chance. Good fuel in and gives you a good result. Yeah. But yeah, a healthy, balanced diet, you know. I don't eat takeaway 10 times a week like I used to anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, you can still have a cheat day, you know, go be countering at the pub and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But within check. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know... I, I, I end up blowing out at one stage a little bit and having four or five kilos extra on you adds up at the end of the day. When you're doing, you know, six, seven, eight, sometimes more transfers yeah. from your wheelchair to the bed, to the car, to the yeah. toilet, to whatever you got to do, yeah. that that extra weight, it definitely adds up and it takes mm. its toll on your shoulders, that's oh, for sure. 100%, 100%. And, and yeah, it is important to keep – you don't have to get – mega skinny you still no. got to maintain a good healthy yeah healthy weight yeah feel good but yeah there, there was not long after i left talbot i uh i think i over indulged in the um in the old cold salted caramel ice cream yeah which i don't know if i'm quite willing to give up it's that fucking good yeah, yeah. but um yeah so no look i've got to cut back on that that's for sure but yeah just to get a couple couple of kilos down and just yeah just help with it helps you know, makes life easier. Yeah, and even just bending over to pick up my son. Your fat guts is in the way. Mate, it gets in the way. Uh, yeah, 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 100%, 100%. You know? 
and picking the little ones up in port. So you got to keep doing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, even just sitting on your shower shower bench or whatever, yeah. and you know, you look down, you can barely see your knob poking out yeah. over your yeah. bloody oh, belly. Saw, and look, let's be honest, we're we're both blokes here, and you yeah, know, we uh, sitting in a chair ain't fucking. Uh, it's flattering. not sexy. It's not flattering for your penis at the best of times. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you're carrying a few too many, you definitely ain't seeing it. Yeah. You know? And unfortunately, you know, there's plenty of blokes out there that are showers, but I wasn't blessed in that sense, mate. Yeah, I'm a no. grower, not a shower, so you can't, I can't afford me gut to get too big because I won't see him anymore. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. And um, one thing that I was educated on after I got to Talbot was obviously getting an erection is quite – it's – uh, it can be altered yeah. with a spinal cord injury. Yeah. Um, but I was also told that once, you know, if you could get yeah. an erection, it's not unfamiliar to sort of lose some, some length. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, which, I mean, yeah. once again, not being a shower, you yeah. don't really have a whole lot that you're nah, willing to lose. No, nah, no. Nah. And, look, you know, um, the sexual side of things is a whole nother, whole nother, uh our chat we could have um yeah that's life life has changed in more than one aspect you know what i mean yeah yeah um, for, for sure yeah and you know what like um for the young blokes that have sort of you know young in age and haven't experienced life and you know um it'd be very daunting for them yeah um i'm lucky enough like we can make things work yep. but unfortunately for some they're completely dead as a doornail but yep. there's there's other ways around it, and there's sexual therapists. There's a mountain of help out there for you, and yep. especially for the young blokes. You know, um, you were eighteen, I was eighteen. Um, we know how it is, how our hormones are, yep. and um, look, the biggest thing is is things do calm down over time. Like your hormone levels decrease as you get older, anyway. Yeah. So you haven't got you're not a little randy, you know, you're not totally You're not what, trying to get into everything nah, that your body yeah. say. You're not you know get in and get out. Yeah. You're not totally like a Roman sandal yeah. as you get older, but it's still something we deserve to have in life. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. And you know, there's plenty of help out there, which is the main thing. And we were, were you affected in that yeah, aspect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So things aren't working like they should. Okay. Um, but we can we can still make things work and that and that's the biggest thing. Um, is don't be don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah, it's fucking hard to ask for. Oh, it's asking for help is it's setting your pride aside. It's oh yeah, you know, you as a bloke, it, you know, and and women as well, like they lose sensation and everything else for yeah. females that are in our situation, and um, it's hard for them as well. Yeah, and it's very look, you lose all dignity when you get a spinal cord injury. Yeah. Um, you know, I never used to be. I used to be worried about you know getting your ass out you know what i mean in public let alone you know someone having to wash your penis because your arms aren't working in rehab you know yeah it's very daunting and and things change and your dignity but it's not bad thing to ask because yeah. no point saying there oh my old fella's not working anymore or i'm not getting any satisfaction out of you know having intercourse and that sort of stuff yeah. there's no point sitting there you know dwelling on it and letting it get you let you get down there's plenty of people that are educated and know how to make things adapt and work to your needs. Yeah, yeah. So that's a big thing, like especially if there's any young guys listening to this that have sort of just got into the spinal world. The world isn't over. We can make things work. Yeah. And look, I can't comment from a female's perspective, but I'm sure like us males can get help, females can as well. Definitely, definitely. There's yeah. um, 
Yeah, there is a lot of um, a lot of help that's offered to you pretty early days yeah. as well, and they they let you know like services that they can provide to yeah. to help you with it and things that they can do. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah that was really amazing because I I wasn't sure if I could get an erection. Yeah, yeah, um, and it, you know, it, even now I don't even know whether being by myself if it would. Yeah. work like yeah, one yeah. i've just got no time yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah. but um yeah like i i've really struggled yeah a lot of the time when i was in in talbot yeah it just it didn't work yeah and you know what the worst thing is you get spontaneous ones like i don't know about you but i'd just be sitting there at random and i'd be pitching a tent you know what i mean it's like <laughs> calm down bloke you know what i mean oh yeah to just yeah. fire it yeah, just, just fire up standard you know, attention feel like i'm a 14 year old schoolboy again fucking love it yeah, yeah. spot well do your jocks yeah mate. that's exactly right <laughs> oh it's fucking bad but nothing nah, beats the old sticky tip the old sticky tip <laughs> nah but it's it's just that's one of the things you gotta live with like we don't it have is. the control now yeah but no nah, it's uh That'd probably be a good one for you to chat about one day. Isn't yeah, it? definitely. Because yeah, there'd be, uh, yeah, there'd be plenty of people with those sort of questions out there. Yeah, yeah. And um, while we're still on the topic of the old fella, you yeah. said before um, you got to ca- you've got to use catheters. Yeah, I use catheters, so I intermittent catheterize. So yep. in and out. Yeah. Um, sort of get the snail out, give my wipe. Yeah. Stick the tube down. Yeah. Drain out, and off you go. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky enough that I've got reasonable hand function to do that. Yeah. And um, and look, you know, people with indwelling catheters and that sort of stuff with a bag. Yeah. If your hands ain't working or it's too difficult, that's the best option. But like, yep. look, it, it works for me doing intermittent. Um, yeah. You just got to be on top of it. Don't go twelve hours without having a piss because you end up with a UTI and end up being crook. So yeah. Um. So yeah. how often would you? Um, I probably do, do a catheter. I probably do them four times a day, depending. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I limit my fluids as well, so. I sort of try and keep that two, two and a half litres a day. And yep. I know my urine quantities over the time. Speaking of. Yeah. <laughs> um, my urine quantities will be within a safe range for my bladder and so on. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of, I know, have one when I get up in the morning, have one in the Arvo. Yep. Um, depends. If I've had an extra couple of coffees in the morning, having one at lunchtime, one at like five o'clock and one before bed. But, yep. you know. If I've been at the pub and had a couple of beers, well, you'll get up and do an extra one. Yeah. Um, in theory, they like you doing one overnight, a catheter. But um, generally after dinner, I don't, I just don't drink. I'll have a glass cordial before bed or something. Yeah. And um, that'll stop me having to wake up overnight to have a piss because you got a little one, you know how hard it is. Yeah. Um, if that's another thing you have to wake up for and wake the missus up for, you don't need to do that. So yeah. that's against medical advice. They did tell me I should be, but nah. That's what I do. What works for me works for you. Yeah, good yeah. on you. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's interesting. So I'm fortunate enough that I can you just can I yeah. can go off sensation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I just piss into a bottle while I'm yeah. sitting down. Yeah. Um, and that's easy enough. Or you know, just yeah. If, if I'm if I'm opening my bowels, I'll just do it on the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with sitting and pissing like that. Like, no, no, you know, that's it. Gotta do it. You know what I mean? And it's right. easier. It's easier. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, see, I just feel bloated in my guts when I need to have a piss. Like, I don't have the normal sensation. But Yeah, um, yeah, that's one thing I was going to ask. So, how do you know? Or do you just go off time? Well, I use time as a general guide. Yeah. But there's certain times where I'm like, no, nah, I'm fucking busting for a piss here. Like, I yep. this full feeling in my stomach like I need a shit. Yeah, okay. Um, And, yeah, that full feeling will be my bladder's obviously full. Yeah. And, um, 
But yeah, that's that's I don't trust my body enough to purely go off sensation. So use time, but use your feel as well if need be. Yeah. Like um, if I feel like I need a piss, there's I'll go and do one because I'll. It's either I need to or something's going on because yeah, you don't get that sensation for no reason. Yep. Yep. And biggest hardest one is is like this. I get the same sensation when I need a shit. It feels exactly the same for me. Yeah, okay. So, so you got to decide whether it's one or the other? Yeah, one or the other. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know something. I don't know whether I need a shit or piss. It's just that full sensation there. And yep. and look, like I said, I don't have control of me bow. So it's uh, if I get that feeling, well, I better hop on the commode and just check out what's going on or else I'm going to be in a pile of my own filth. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so it's sort of, yeah, it's a tricky one. Yeah, yeah. So, um. Let's go back to when you were at Talbot. So what were your days consisting of when you were there? Were you um, were you doing much physio? No. Really? No. Um, our time could have been utilised a lot better at the Talbot. Yep. 95% of the staff are fantastic there. Yep. Super helpful. I'm super grateful for. Yep. Um, I just think my time there was underutilised um, for rehabilitation. Yep. Um. I don't want to bash the place because they are very, very, very good at what they do. They are. The yep. staff are fantastic. But there were certain aspects. Um, I don't think I'd done enough rehab while I was there. Yep. Um, you know, my days at the Talbot, there was a couple other young guys while I was in there. And um, we sit out the back smoking ciggies, talking shit all day. Yeah. Um, look, wheeling around in our power chairs looking for snakes because it was over there over summer. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I was just burning hours of the day like... Um, you know, you do your three, four physio sessions a week and that was it. But yeah, the days were very, very long there. Um, yep. and you know, there was a lot of, at the time when I was there, um, there were a lot of people sort of buzzing around, not doing too much staff wise where, you know, um, the physios probably could have got us in there for a few extra sessions and that. Yeah. Gotcha. Nursing staff were fantastic. Yep. Um, care wise in that perspective, all hundred percent. But the actual physio and OT side of it, I reckon they could have put a little bit more effort in. Yeah, that's fair enough. So once you left Talbot, were you doing physio? Uh, at the start I was. Yeah. Where were you doing that? Uh, I had a physio coming out to my place. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah to do that sort of stuff. Um, but my best physio was getting back to life. Yep. Um, we just finished building a house at the time. Yep. So... Even if it was going out in the garage and cutting a piece of wood, do a piece of edging, you know what I mean? Like yep. that was my physio, um, banging a couple of nails in. Like I said, I had bugger all arm strength, so you know, even banging two nails with putting two tech screws in was hard for me. Yep. But kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. We got there. Yep. So um, with with your physio, were you doing more physio for your legs or for your arm? Uh both. Yeah, so okay. we were doing improved more range of movement in my shoulders and arms. Yep. And um, flexibility in my legs. Yep. Um, and look, I, I'm never been a big fitness fanatic or anything like that. Um, I've just been naturally, well, been reasonably fit my whole life just because I've always lived an active lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and I sort of got to the point where I didn't feel the physios were doing any benefit. Yep. Um, I wasn't getting – I got me movement back in my shoulders, which so they have done a fantastic job in that perspective. But it was sort of – I didn't feel like I was gaining anything and I felt that me doing life was probably going to be the best physio that i done. And look, you know, um, 
were covering that have been fantastic. You want it, they'll give it to you. And I, I, I just pulled the pin on it and I just sort of started doing life, doing what I could, bending down, picking things up off the floor, um, you know, started mucking around outside, trying to do a bit of whippersnipping or spraying a few weeds and, you know, that's all effort. That's all things you got to make your body do again. And, yeah, then I just built up slowly like that. But, yeah, it probably took me two and a half years to get back to the state I am now. Yep. Yeah. That's slow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So once you once you would stop doing physio, yep. what what stage did you start to drive your car again? Oh, uh, or... we had to go through all the – I started driving 2019, so – it was roughly 12 months yep. um, where I was mentally and physically ready to get back behind the wheel. And yep. um, I had an occupational therapist came out, um, done a couple of driving lessons in a car with hand controls. Yep. Um, and look, it come pretty easy to me. I was used to swinging an excavator in between buildings, you know what I mean? Hand yep. controls were like second nature to me, basically. Um, so, yeah, a couple of driving assessments, bits and pieces, and then yep. um, off we went. Off we went after that. Yeah, nice. I um, so I've just got I got my license. However, yeah. I don't have a vehicle I can drive. Yeah. Um, what was the process to get to getting a car that you're able to drive? Um, so I've been work cover. I had to go through the process with them. Yeah. You got to script the vehicle, something that's going to be suitable for you with the right hand controls. Yep. Um, all the bits and pieces like that. Um, but in the interim, because I, I had me license. I got hand controls put into my missus car. Yep. Um, and I just done that off my own bat. They were through a place down in Coburg that do, does hand controls. Yep. And um, look, it was about, at the time, it was about two and a half grand, but it got me mobile again. Yep. Um, I'd have to get a hand to get transferred, you know, transferring in the car. But at least I was driving again. So I sort of built up my confidence. And then after probably 12 months after I got my license back, my converted vehicle came in. Yep. And, um, yeah, then I'm a complete free man driving out of the chair now. Yeah, I'm very, uh, very envious. Oh. Um, I feel very... Being at home with my partner and my son is... Yeah. It's the dream. Yeah. You know? Um, but there are times I need to get out. And yeah, you just want to go for a drive down a... Go for a drive. Go for a, go for a look through the yeah. bush or whatever. Yeah. Go down to Macca's, get a coffee or like... Anything. Yeah. yeah, but look, you know, <laughs> I ride that mobility scooter from here to the Safeway. Yeah down the street and yeah. back and, you know, that's that's all I can really do. Yeah, and it's, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to escape from my partner or anything like no. that, but I'm sure she needs time. Yeah, she needs time for herself as well. Yeah, and, you know, just to be able to go, all right, well, I'm going to take my young bloke and we're going to go and I'm going to go and yeah. show him, you know, where I took my partner on our yeah. first date or yeah. where we did this or, you know, just yeah. go to a reservoir or yeah. something like that yeah, to show him some water. But... um. Yeah, so I don't have that freedom yet, but it's... No, you'll get there and, and you'll love it. And it's I'm a money hanging for it. And it's a big thing. Like, you get your, when you've got your own car that you can drive yourself, yeah. um, you're pretty sweet with your transfers. So, yeah. you know, you'd, be, you'd probably be right to throw your chair in and that. Um, yep. And, like, you love life. Like, it, it's a big independence thing having your own vehicle again. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. So when it comes to home modifications and stuff like that, what what did you need? Because you were building a house. I just you? finished building a house. Um, yeah, I moved in four weeks before the accident. Yep. Um, and look, we built a pretty open plan living house. Um, big bathroom and that anyway. 
Um, yep. So basically home mods for me is I had to get the shower redone because yep. um, I had poly marble bases and, you know, glass screens. So they ripped them out, went to a tile shower base. Um, they end up getting rid of one of the walls in our ensuite just to give us a bit more room in there. Yep. Yeah, handrails, a ramp, and that was it. So we we're, were very lucky in that perspective. We already had big doors, wide hallways. Yeah. Um, what about your kitchen? Did anything um, in there need to get redone? We just built the house. We just built our, that was our second house we built, so it wasn't our first. So the wife just got her dream kitchen. Um, the kitchen was off limits for modifications. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, just because the wife. That, she fair. had her dream kitchen and she's like, in reality, how much cooking do you do? And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right there. She like me missus loves to cook. So yep. um, I'm like, yep, nah, all sweet. And in the end, we I end up building our door kitchen and uh, making completely wheelchair accessible outdoor kitchen on the old fresco area. So Yeah, um, that's brilliant. Yeah, and look, you know, that in reality, if I need to cook something up, I've got a fully accessible kitchen outside that... You know, that's in an enclosed, semi-enclosed area. I've got a barbie there. I've got a sink. I've got, you know, I can do me fruit prep. I've got stone benches. So, um, Beauty. yeah, that was sort of, and that was our own personal choice because Workover would have been more than happy to do the modifications. But, yeah, just my family dynamic or my household dynamic, the missus didn't want me to touch the kitchen. So, yeah. But mind you, I'm, I'm still fairly able in that sense. Like, I can go and switch the coffee machine on and make coffee and, I can yep. go up the sink and wash my hands or whatever. So, yeah, it's um, I'm lucky in that perspective. Yeah, yep. What about yourself with the home mods? Yeah, we're getting – our house is not going to look like this. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so just to get home from Talbot, because I was, I was lucky. I was able to come home on the weekends. Yeah. Um, so I came home on the weekends once they'd done a few little things, take off shower screens. Yeah. Um. You know, I had a toilet bench to sit on because yeah. I'd just transferred to that. Um, then a couple of ramps to get in and out of the house and yeah. whatnot. But, yeah, so our house is actually getting renovated early next year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're getting a – got to make a whole new ensuite. Yeah. Um, our kitchen I, – I love cooking. Yeah. And I love cooking – I like cooking indoors, I like cooking yeah. outdoors. I don't care. It's, it's creative. It's a yeah. good outlet for yeah. me. And – now I don't feel like I have that many outlets and yeah. hence this podcast. That's why I thought, you know what, I need to get some stuff off my chest. Yeah. I want to learn about other people. Maybe we'll give this a go. Yeah. And so this is one outlet for me, but, you know, cooking, getting the smoker going, stuff yeah. like that, That that's stuff yeah. I enjoy as well. So Don't tell me you're one of those blokes using an electric pallet grill, are you? Fuck no. Like you said, bloke. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. What, are you, what, what smoke are you running? So just down here, I've got the Komodo Joe oh, Junior. I got the yeah. I would say I got the I got the uh, bigger version of that, but they are a fantastic smoker. Yeah, and I've also got it's a different brand from Komodo. Yeah. Um, the brand I think is called Phoenix. Yeah. But it's one of the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. So same. Kettle style smoker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is so it called kettle? No, it's not called kettle. It's called it's com the, the Komodo. Komodo. Yeah, the Komodo acorn. That's it. Yeah, acorn something smokers. like that. But um, yeah. So I, like, I love cooking on that. So Nothing beats burning a bit of meat. Oh, that's for sure. That's yeah. for sure. And we've just got a we've got a pergola getting built out at the back at the minute. We're yeah. meant to have concrete happening here today, but he's uh he's hurt mm. himself. So rest up, Dan from Urban Concrete Solutions. He's a good fella. Yeah. But um. 
yeah, so once that gets done, I'll be able to cook out there as well. Yeah. But, yeah, we're, we're just going to – our new kitchen will pretty much – I'll be able to wheel up underneath the sink. Yeah. Um, underneath the induction cooker. Yeah. Um, some bench space. Our, our island bench only has like a 100 mil overhang. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the net new one will have yeah, know, got, maybe a foot. Yeah, if you get the three, 400 mil overhang, at least you can get your half your legs under there and sort of get there and – do your meal prep and that sort of stuff. Yeah, not get a sore body back from prepping, you yeah, know. Like yeah. at the moment, I, I just do all my meal prep on the um on the kitchen table. Sorry, yeah. 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 And um, look, transporting it from here to there to there, it's it's, it's quite difficult. Being in yeah. a chair, it's fucking hard. I can't yeah. sugarcoat it. No, no. My my worst thing is I love me coffees. Yeah. And you know, my legs are floppy, so it's like very difficult to sort of sit a coffee cup in between your legs and you don't want to spill it and burn your balls because I've heard of stories of that happening, yep. you know what I mean? So it is a little bit difficult, but this is another thing. You just adapt. You find a way. And I just have learned if I'm home by myself and I want my coffee, just don't fill the cup up the full way. Go three quarters. Yep. I can sit in between my legs safely yep. and I don't have to worry about burning my balls. Yeah, good on you. It's a good yeah. way to yeah. do it. It's a good way to do it. Um, so now... This is one of my favourite parts of the the episodes. I want to know a little bit more about you. Yeah. And so I want to know what you think can get fucked. This episode's this, sorry, this segment's called Get Fucked. Yeah. And you give us two short, sharp answers. You don't have to explain nothing. Yeah. Just uh, what you think in this day and age can go and get fucked. The woke culture. I'm not disagreeing there. And 90% of mainstream media. Yep. Yeah, we had a brief chat earlier yeah. about the media and yeah, I they completely both, agree. They both feed into each other yep. and we need real men and women back in the world. Yep. My wife gave birth to a kid. Um, these people that have other opinions yep. that you're genetically, you're unable to have children, but you want to act as like a woman, you're taking away from the real women in the world. Yep. And Well yeah, said, by the way. That's that's the way I look at it, but we won't delve too deep in that. I don't want to get your podcast blacklisted. Or yeah, anything. don't worry about that, um, mate. I prefer you to have your own yeah, opinion. Yeah, that's the way I look at Fuck it. Fuck offending you know. people. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I see my wife go through childbirth, and that was an amazing process. Yep. And then you got these people, because they feel different, they want to take that away from the real women. And that's a lot, big thing that mainstream media doesn't, do or take into account their woke culture and being so accepting. But what about the women that are left behind that want to be known as women? Yeah. Gave birth, that have periods, that have female issues. Yeah. Don't take away from them. No, that's right. That's right. That's theirs. And um, yeah. Yeah. Look, I think it's a good thing. And look, I watch my partner give birth and it's you, you just yeah. cannot believe how strong they are. It's oh. don't, like, it's crazy. Yeah. What watching. Watching Alicia give birth, and yeah, it was just a. Um, was she natural or sunroof? Nah, natural. Natural. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, yeah, I just I was just gobsmacked by the strength that. It's pretty gnarly. Man, it's fucking incredible. I watched it from the business. I had a bit of a squeeze from the business end, and I just couldn't believe it. Like it is savage. It's carnage. Yeah, mate. Honestly, I spent most of my time on my knees, just bawling my eyes out because yeah. I couldn't help in yeah. any way, and like you know. It sounded like she was in more pain than I've ever been in. Oh, yeah, yeah. And straight after it, she, she holds right and she goes, oh, oh I, I could do that again. They're crazy, aren't they? And she fucking carried him and walked to the 
to the suite. Really? The lady goes, oh, I'll go and get your wheelchair. Yeah. She goes, nah, it's all good. I'll just carry him. I'll just carry him, yeah. Yeah, like. Oh, they're superhuman. Mate, they, they, yeah, they seriously are. They are superhuman. They seriously are. And that's what I mean. Like all this bullshit that's going on at the moment, that takes away from women like that. Mm, mm. And I don't want, and I, my wife's my queen, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't respect. want her, I don't want her to feel out of place in the world or, or feel wrong in the world for her to say, I cook my husband dinner, you know what I mean? And yeah. that's the way that the world's going these days. They're, yeah. they're making real women feel bad because they do what they feel. Yeah. You know, but yeah, we'll leave that one at that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Well, I've got two. I've got two. First of all, traffic. This joint, Melbourne, fuck traffic here. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And two, blokes that wear fucking handbags. Or yeah. those... Fuck it, it's a, hand, it's a fucking handbag. Yeah. It's a handbag. Pull your socks up, fellas. Don't be wearing that shit. No. Once again, leave that for the women. Leave that for the women. And yeah. I know, you see, like, look, where, where I'm from, it's uh, a little bit of a smaller town, so we don't have so many of that. But you go down to Westfield or something, and these blokes were in their little satchels with their vapes in there. What was wrong with being a real man having your darts in your front pocket? You <laughs> yeah, know what in I mean? front of your flannel. Yeah, in the front of your flannel. That's all that matters. Yeah. No, nah, but that's the way our world's going. Yeah, that's yeah. If it doesn't have a battery or something yeah. like that, you oh. know, it's... Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. But that's yeah. Yeah, that's today's society. That's the direction we're going in. And, and look, we're very similar in age and we yeah. grew up... How old in, are you? Uh, I'm 33. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm 32 in February. Yeah, so we, we grew up in the same era. Yeah. Um. There's major issues in the world these days. Yeah. It scares me for our ki- for my kids. It definitely I mean? does. It makes me just want to move to the country and, yeah, yeah. you know, not, not uh, basically not have my child around yeah. these people. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, sure, they're just doing their own thing, being themselves, but yeah. seriously, you're influenced by someone it's somewhere down the line and it's – where's it, where's it going to stop? Oh, mate, like, it, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, look, we're from a smaller – town and you know we've only got i think five or seven thousand people live in our little town where we're far enough away from the city not to have the issues yeah but we're close enough for convenience so yeah you know that, uh, that's one of the pre-accident i wanted to move away because our plan was we were supposed to be getting married and everything else and yep. have a family and i thought that's a perfect location because i've seen these potential social issues going that we see going on now i've seen it five six seven years ago things weren't going right and i'm like "Mm, no i don't know about this but that's the way our world is and we have to be accepting yep yeah that's it so you ended up getting married did you yeah we ended up getting married 12 months later yeah um we didn't have a first time around we had a big wedding planned and the whole kit and caboodle and um in the end we'd done a surprise 30th birthday for the missus yeah and um just had the celebrant there and we got it done we got it done um yeah, and like my missus was quite happy with that. Like she had the wedding dress, everything already, so she come out in her wedding dress. But she's like, my perspective and my wants in the world have changed. Obviously, after being through this process, she's like, I don't need a big fancy wedding anymore. No, so just we, wants to be yeah, with you. Yeah, we're just down at Keelor Pub, and um, we booked the function room out there, and yeah, um, had the celebrant come in, and that was it. We worded up our, you know, parents obviously, yeah, um, but everyone else was oblivious, so a bit of a surprise, and. She's me misses anyway, so it made no difference. And getting yep. married ain't a big change of scenery. It's exactly the same thing next morning. Yeah. But she's got the ring on it and she's got the name. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely, uh, I definitely wouldn't say not to do it. It was a good, good thing. And it's important for them, women, 
sorry, that sounded a bit rude. It's important for them as women that want that role to experience that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, yeah, I agree. If, you know, if my partner wants a big fancy wedding, well, yeah. that's what she'll get. But I don't think that is what she wants. But yeah. like you said, perspective, uh, for everything we've been through over the last 12 months or even two years, yeah. you know, since we've known each other, it's like that... Yeah. Some of the people that you would have invited to you, mate, they didn't even come and see me in hospital. Yeah. They, they didn't even give Alicia a text message to see how she's doing. Yeah. You know, and she's the one that's affected. She was a new mother. Yeah. And I'm laying in hospital, I can't move. Yeah. You know, and, you know, there was a handful of people reach out to see how they can help. Yeah. And then everyone else just waits till you get out of hospital and say, oh, you know, can I come and visit you? Well, yeah. No, you fucking can't. Yeah. No, yeah. you... You filter through the people. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that massively lately yeah. and it's, um, you know, I, I don't, I, fair enough if you live in a different state, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's completely fine. Give us a, give us a call. I'll call you when yeah. I can. But, um, yeah, if you can make it down to Melbourne to party every weekend, but, yeah. you know, to pop in and see your mate yeah. while he's, you know, in a pretty vulnerable spot. Yeah. You know, not sure where his mind's at. Yeah. Well, you know what? You probably don't make the short list, no, mate. No, 100%. You know, you get those people like calling up, oh, sorry, haven't had time, we've been played out, this and that, you know. 24 hours in your day, mate, yeah. same as mine. Yeah, oh, but, you know, there's there's plenty of time to be posting stories up on Instagram that you're down here, you're down there, and then you haven't seen these people for 12 months or six months, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah you got plenty of time for that, but you don't have a spare hour to swing past and see me, and that's where you filter them out. Yeah. Yeah. You filter them out and that's it. And, yeah. you know, that's fine. I'm happy with my friend group. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. If they want to be like that, good luck to them. Yeah. No, good on you. Shed the shit. Yeah. Yeah, good. All right. Well, speaking of shedding the shit, we've definitely shot the shit. Yeah. And uh, now, because you've come on BYO Chair, yeah. our sponsors give away a bag of beef jerky to... Oh, look at that. Yeah. To uh, all of our listeners. Oh, sorry, not all... Disregard that. Disregard that to uh, all of our all of our uh, co-hosts for the episode. Yeah. So, three oh nine nine jerky, and you get your choice out of smoky barbecue, original, chili. It's got some fire, but got a bit of bite. Fuck, it's good. Garlic and teriyaki. Oh mate, I've got to go the original. I can't can't pass it. I'm a plain man like that. Yeah. I'm a steak and chips man. Yeah, beauty. Oh, that's for you, mate. Enjoy. Cheers, mate. But, um, yeah, look, I really appreciate your time coming on. I appreciate the drive out here. No, that's fine. That's and, fine. Um, yeah, I appreciate you being there to, you know, to sort of just guide me through a few yeah. things um, that Any, you have in the past. Yeah, anytime, mate. Like, at the end of the day, um, you know, we've got we to help each other out. Yeah. And just yep. being able to speak to another tradie bloke is in the same or similar situation yeah and it makes a difference yeah i um i wish i had i wish i knew more people and was more accepting of help and advice earlier in my day so yeah uh, i'll give you 10 points mate like at least you're putting it out there where i suffered in silence and you know yep. it wasn't good yeah now that's why if i see you know people putting posts up on facebook in the wheelie community needing advice always shout out because yeah i've got bugger out it's all to do with me time if someone Give someone, have a chat with someone, make their day better, why not? Yeah, 
Yep. And um, are you able to, if people want to reach out and say good day, are you yeah. okay with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where can they find you? Ah, uh, look, probably just through Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can put my Instagram name up there and yep. if they yep. want to have, have a chat, a shout out, have a chat or whatever. Yep. Just don't don't be shy. Yeah, good on you, mate. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, thanks for coming on. I've enjoyed the chat. No worries at all.